Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. Today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity, the bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Today, when the word, when someone hears the word yoga, they often think of the physical exercise or asana portion of yoga. But yoga is actually a wider system that includes philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. As a medical doctor and longtime practitioner of Kriya Yoga, I have found it to be a comprehensive system for enhanced well-being on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. Today our topic is enjoy food, enjoy health, enjoy life. In our modern, fast-paced, fast-food culture, it's easy to forget how to enjoy food in a healthy way that nourishes all aspects of our being. What can we learn from the yoga tradition about cooking and eating that will help us shift into a more satisfying relationship with food? Today I'm joined by Diksha McCord, author of the book, The Healing Kitchen, Vegetarian Cooking with Higher Awareness, for a conversation about how healthy eating habits honor your body temple and help to expand your consciousness. Diksha McCord is an Ananda minister, counselor, yoga teacher, and the director of Ananda Meditation Teacher Training. 
For many years, she was the head chef at the Expanding Light Retreat Center. Diksha is the author of three cookbooks, including the one we'll be talking about today, and is the creator and host of the online program, Vegetarian Cooking for Health and Vitality. You can find out more about her at the website expandinglight.org. Welcome, Diksha McCord. I'm delighted that you could join us today on the Yoga Hour. Hello, and thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Before we begin to enter into our dialogue about eating habits that honor your body temple and help expand your consciousness, let's begin with a moment of meditation. Oh. Let's begin to turn our attention within. Let's start with the breath, just being aware of our breath, right here and right now, whatever we're doing. Let's take a fully conscious breath, noticing as we inhale and exhale. Not trying to change it, just noticing the breath's natural flow. Cool air entering the nostrils and warm air flowing out. In this moment, as we turn our attention within, continuing to follow the breath, We can drop into our inner depths and open our heart to the divine. One reality, called by many names, is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right here and now, this divine essence is present as you as me, as everyone. Within us, between us, and all around us. Just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond all change, beyond thought and sensation, pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from the essence of our being. We allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. 
Once again, Diksha McCord, welcome to the Yoga Hour. Paramahansa Yogananda said, one-third of what we eat keeps us alive. The other two-thirds keeps the doctors alive. This quotation points to the power of our diet to make the difference between enjoying good health or suffering from disease. As yogis who want to take care of the body temple, we know that we have important choices to make regarding what we eat, how we eat, and how much we eat. But in our fast-paced lives, many of us have lost touch with healthy eating habits. The pleasure of simply sitting down to a healthy home-cooked meal is becoming much rarer than it used to be. Let's talk about getting back to basics. I like food writer Michael Pollan's advice about our diet. He makes three recommendations. The first is eat food. Second, mostly plants. And third, not too much. So by eat food, he means real food, uh, like your grandmother would have eaten, not processed food products made by the modern food industry. And I actually like his definition or his description of those as edible food-like substances, but not really food. His second piece of advice, mostly plants, obviously includes fruits and vegetables, grains, legumes, nuts and seeds, and then the last, not too much. A traditional yogic diet follows similar guidelines, but with an emphasis on adopting a lacto-vegetarian diet, a vegetarian diet in which we also eat milk products. Of course, even people who aren't vegetarian can still benefit from incorporating more plant-based dishes into their diets. So let's talk about how you came uh, from your background in a conservative Jewish family to your own style of vegetarian cooking today and, and how that was inspired by your yoga practice. Well, I grew up in Israel in a family of five children and my mom stayed at home and uh, she always cooked uh, simple, healthy foods. During the week, we ate mostly grains, legumes, vegetables, fruits, and some dairy. And in the weekend, we had some fish or chicken and a dessert. So we didn't eat dessert during the week, and we hardly ate out. But I never felt that I was missing anything. I enjoyed helping my mom in the kitchen and I experienced food as a source of nourishment, and even when the larger family would gather together, we always ate together, and it was a way to socialize and have fun. So Mm -hmm. for me, food was imprinted in my mind as a source of nourishment and healing for oneself and other people. Mm -hmm. When I was 17, I met a woman who practiced yoga and meditation and was vegetarian. I was so inspired by her. Um, And then I started practicing yoga and became vegetarian. So I explored different forms of vegetarian cooking, Uh, the vegan, the macrobiotic, uh, vegetarian, Ayurveda, and also raw foods. But gradually I developed a simple style of cooking using light cooking and seasoning to bring out the nature flavors of the food. Mm -hmm. So my goal always been 
to have a diet that keeps the body relaxed and calm and the mind uplifted. And right. Also, yeah. I was just going to say, and then I know that you, you also went, uh, you know, you've been cooking, uh, as I said in the introduction for the retreat center. And I imagine that on retreats, you're very careful, you know, about the type of food that you feed people and, you know, want to keep it uplifting, um, and, uh, supportive of the kind of, of, um, you know, meditation on the retreat, that sort of thing. Yes. Um, because I also noticed that the yoga practice helped me to tune into the flow of energy in my body, mm-hmm. and I became more sensitive to how food uh, impacts me. And when I started to meditate, I became aware that sugar makes me agitated. Eating mm-hmm. too much carbohydrates makes me feel sluggish. Mm-hmm. So... Cooking in the retreat, I really tune into, um, I use very little desserts. I try to bring much more balance between using grains and the legumes and vegetables so people don't have too much bread in the meals or too much um, like white rice or potatoes or pasta. So they will feel light and uplifted and benefit more from their yoga practice. Yes, and I think that's such a that's such an important connection that you know we're going to talk about today about the connection between uh what we eat and then the effect of what we eat and becoming conscious of that effect um effect of you know what we eat and then noticing later you know what effect does that have on our consciousness you know how is it you know to meditate in the morning after you've had a heavy meal you know the night before mm-hmm. and and this really turns us to this question about the prana or life force you know that's in our food so what's been interesting to me is that uh, modern nutritionists and scientists tend to look at food based on measurable measurable components like you know the and now we have it on the food labels as well you know the grams of protein the grams of carbohydrate you know uh etc but there's no measurement really for the life force or the prana you know that's that's present within food um so to me the best way of describing this is to talk about the vitality of the food that Mm -hmm. we eat so that you know you can have a hundred calories you know of something like broccoli and you can have a hundred calories of something like you know graham crackers you know and they both have a hundred calories and i have actually heard the erroneous statement from you know some people in the medical profession that well they're the same because it's the same number of calories but obviously the effect that they have on the body is quite different and one comes with much more vitality uh, than the other. So what are some factors that we can use to determine how much vitality or prana is in a particular food so that we can make better choices about what we eat? Yes, it's a very good point. Basically, we should use foods that are easily converted into energy. And so the more we choose fresh foods, close to their original state, the more energy we will get from them. Natural foods such as raw fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, give the body energy. Mm -hmm. Foods that are refined, processed, preserved, canned, they lost the life force. Mm -hmm. So the more processed the food is, the less prana it has. So in a store, 
foods that have been sitting on the shelf for quite a while, they don't have much prana. Mm-hmm. So if you need to choose between frozen or canned food, it's better to buy frozen because mm-hmm. they're less processed and have more prana. Mm-hmm. I experimented, and I know that we have an apple orchard. I compared eating an apple that I picked from the tree, and then I ate an apple that I bought in a store, and mm-hmm. I felt a difference immediately. Mm-hmm. There was much more life in the apple that I picked from the trees. But we can't mm-hmm. always have apple tree. That's right. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, of we... course it's better to grow your own food or get your fruits and vegetables from a local farmer market as right. much as possible. Right. And, and it is better helpful to I was yes. say, it is helpful now that we have so many options mm-hmm. that way, like, you know, the farmer's markets. Um, many, many towns, you know, have farmer's markets at least once or possibly twice a week. And I know a lot of people um, mm-hmm. use that as a really good source and, and also um, to, you know, buy something that's organic, um, you know, yeah. rather than something that, you know, has uh, pesticides, which again, you know, we can't necessarily find, you know, all of the food in organic, in an organic form. Um, but I think that, you know, that that is also an important, you know, component of the, um, the type of vitality that you get from food. Yes. So it's really better to avoid uh, eating food that are not grown locally, mm-hmm. because then you're really in tune with nature when you eat locally. Mm-hmm. And at Ananda, we also raise cows and goats so people can have fresh milk and make fresh cheese. But again, this is not something that it's easy for us always to find. But again, right. try to get it as close uh, as uh, the food close to the original state as possible. Right. Yes. And as you've already said, you know, so, um, you know, fresh and local is best, you Mm -hmm. know, fresh and and probably, you know, store-bought is, is, you know, probably next best. And then next best is frozen and, you know, sort of Mm -hmm. last is canned um, Mm -hmm. in terms of the amount of vitality, you know, that we have in the food. so you have have spent time, uh, quite a bit of time in your life, teaching others yes. uh, others to cook. And so, what has your experience been with that, and how has that changed yes. over time? Well, I enjoy teaching people how to cook. I find that when people cook, they are more relaxed in the hearts, not so much in the head. Mm-hmm. And what I found over the years is that. Uh, I started incorporating simple recipes. I showed people how to use pressure cooker and rice cooker to save time because people are so busy. Mm-hmm. So my focus has shifted to show people efficient ways to cook healthy foods. Mm-hmm. And really, we don't have a lot of time to spend in the kitchen. But the time that you spend, just use your time wisely. I think that's great advice. Um, and it is also, as we've you know, I've said, if you talk about having foods, the, the most, you know, vitality comes from foods that are fresh. The other thing is, you know, how do you shop, you know, for, for foods that way? So it's harder to just go shop once a week if you want everything to be really, you know, fresh. 
um, you know, you might need to go to the grocery store, you know, more often. Or, you know, what I do is I do go to the, go to the grocery store on the weekends, and then in the middle mm-hmm. of the week we have our farmer's market here. Mm-hmm. So kind of trying to, to get foods that are sourced, uh, you know, uh, locally, but then also you don't want to have a bunch of produce in your refrigerator that goes bad. <laughs> so yes. you so have to be I careful. I think once that. or twice a week is really enough. Mm-hmm. Well, good. And, yeah, so I also use, uh, like I buy fresh cilantro and uh, parsley, and I make sauces with it. And mm-hmm. the sauce can last in the fridge longer than leaving just a parsley and the cilantro on the countertop because uh, especially cilantro, um, you know, tends to get bad quickly. Quickly, exactly. Well, with that, we've come to our first break. You're listening to The Yoga Hour with guest Diksha McCord, author of the book, The Healing Kitchen, Vegetarian Cooking with Higher Awareness, which we're drawing from for our conversation today. Diksha is an Ananda minister, counselor, yoga teacher, and the director of Ananda Meditation Teacher Training, as well as the creator and host of the online program, Vegetarian Cooking for Health and Vitality. You can access her online program at the website expandinglight.org slash online dash learning. Or if that's too much to remember, you can go to the expandinglight.org page and then go uh, just go down to the bottom of the page and click on the section for online learning. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll explore food and consciousness. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Someone once said there are two ways to get to the top of an oak tree. Climb the tree or plant an acorn and wait. If we expect changes to happen in our lives, we may want to consider climbing. Plus, changes needn't be monumental. Sometimes it's as easy as an attitude shift. Life is what we bring to it. Do you have a job that seems less than exciting? When you walk through the door, bring joy with you. Life looks better when viewed through a positive attitude. Are you facing a health challenge or surgery? Get rid of your fears by focusing instead on spirit working in and through you. When you remember that with God all things are possible, your outlook cannot help but change. Today, wherever you go, whatever you face, do so with joyous expectations. Release your inner splendor and allow the light and love of God to guide your way. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word Magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Give it a test run with our 30-day free trial offer. Learn more at unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword.
God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm joined today by Diksha McCord, author of the book, The Healing Kitchen, Vegetarian Cooking with Higher Awareness, as well as the creator and host of the online program, Vegetarian Cooking for Health and Vitality. You can find more about Diksha at the website expandinglight.org. In this segment, we'll be returning to our discussion about food and consciousness. Paramahansa Yogananda recognized that our thoughts, actions, and health are heavily influenced by the foods that we eat. He pointed out that material foods impress the mind with certain good or bad qualities. Our regular listeners probably already have some knowledge of the gunas, the three qualities found in all of nature, including our bodies, our minds, and of course, the food that we eat. Sattva guna is uplifting and contributes to spiritual growth. Rajas guna is activating and contributes to goal-oriented endeavors. Tamas guna is heavy and darkening. It opposes the influences of both sattva guna and rajas guna. So as we've said, Diksha, um, food, our foods, like everything in the universe, uh, is, you know, have uh, combinations of these uh, three gunas, sattva, rajas, and tamas. So let's begin with uh, tamasic or uh, darkening foods that are best avoided if we wanted to be, if we want to be clear-minded and energetic. So what are some examples of tamasic foods that tend to, um, you know, weight down our consciousness and perhaps make us feel a little foggy-headed and uh, not clear? Um, well, it, we can include in this category alcoholic beverages, moldy cheeses, overcooked foods, leftover foods that have been sitting in the fridge for more than three days, deep-fried foods, beef, veal, pork, dry meats, and very hot and spicy foods, and, of course, processed foods and canned foods. Right. Right, a lot of the, you know, junk food or, you know, um, yes, correct. <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of the food that's readily available, you know, to us yes. as we go about our day, mm-hmm. um, pretty much anything that comes out of a uh, vending machine, <laughs> I 
I would mm-hmm. think would be would be in this uh, category. And and I am interested to to uh, note this thing about leftover foods. And leftovers obviously are really you know really. Um, you know, help, helpful to busy people. If yes. you cook, you know, mm-hmm. a big something and you need to mm-hmm. eat it again, you know, in the next, you know, one or two days. But it is interesting to note that, that, and actually you mentioned this earlier, you know, that, that sort of the, the, even, even, um, uh, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables can gradually, you know, sort of become more, you know, tamasic. Anything that's cooked mm-hmm. gradually becomes more tamasic as it sits. Um, and again, you can think about if it, if it's cooked, you know, that means that the, um, you know, the life force, um, you know, something is pretty much alive until it's cooked. And then once it's cooked, you know, it, it, you know, <laughs> begins it to loses. take on those. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It loses some of that, um, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, um, vitality. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that makes kind of, that makes kind of, um, sense, you know, to us. Um, but it does mean that, you know, it's not a great idea to eat things, something that's in the le- that's been left over in the fridge for you know many days, even if it doesn't have you know if it smells okay and still you know doesn't have anything growing on it, it's still probably not mm-hmm. the best idea. So, what are some examples of sattvic foods that tend to be elevating, calm our nervous system, and uplift our consciousness? Raw fruits, veg- um, vegetables, raw nuts and seeds. Whole grains and legumes, cooked fresh dairy products, and natural sweets such as honey, dates, and figs. Right. Um, the uh, uh, the interesting thing to me about the sweets, I think, is the amount is the the question about the quantity, um, because I think that that. Uh, an overabundance of sweets, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, is also, you know, not, not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Even of natural sweets, I mean, it's, it's possible to eat, you know, too many, you know, dates or to put too much mm-hmm. honey, you know, in your mm-hmm. tea. Um, yeah. so with everything, it, it, it's a, it's a question of both moderation, um, and also, you know, choosing foods that have those underlying, you know, sattvic, um, qualities. Mm-hmm. So as we turn to the rajasic or activating foods, I, th- I think that that um, I, re- I really enjoyed reading this part of your book in the beginning when you talk about um, the importance of having some rajasic foods, you know, in the diet because you know they are activating and you can overdo it, you know, with rajasic foods, but also that they can be healthy and they provide us with energy to accomplish our worthwhile goals. Um, if you have too much rajasic food, it can also contribute to restlessness, perhaps even anger, you know, mental stress. So how can we make good choices regarding rajasic foods? Well, you can choose to eat foods that are flavored, but not too hot, too bitter, too sour, or too salty. For example, if you eat foods that are too salty, you will crave sugar afterwards. Mm. So you want to eat foods that are flavored, but also that don't cause you to start um, craving other things. So foods that have different flavors, but they also calm and cool your nervous system rather than agitate it. So steamed vegetables, lightly steamed, or lightly sautéed, are better than deep-fried, for example. Mm -hmm. You can have 
a little garlic, a little onion, sautéed, because they add flavor and they do help digestion. Mm-hmm. I know some yogis do not eat garlic and onion, right. but when we eat too much of garlic and onion, that creates agitation. Mm-hmm. You can have some eggs. You can have some fish and chicken if you do not want to be vegetarian and you feel you need it. But you're going to underemphasize when you eat fish and chicken, you should make sure to have green salad with them because it will help digest them. So as you said, whatever we eat, it has to be in moderation. Mm-hmm. Mostly you want to avoid uh those foods that are acid-forming, heavy meats, which are tamasic, like the beef and the pork, but rajasic are coffee, sugar, and white flour products. Because mm-hmm. the more your body becomes acidic, the less well you feel. Right. Yeah, I think um, anything with, you know, oh, a white flour and sugar mm-hmm. in it, um, you know, obviously from a, from a calorie standpoint, it still has a lot of calories, but if you just look at it in a, in your canister in your kitchen, you just can tell it doesn't have a lot of vitality to it. I mean, it's just white, mm-hmm. bland. Um, yeah. so, uh, what are some ways we can easily find a balance of the gunas in our food choices that, pro- that help us promote our health? Well, In the yogic teachings, there is an emphasis on a harmonious rather than a stimulating diet. How can we keep our nervous system calm and peaceful and fill the body with energy, vitality, and strength? So if we look at Yogananda's diet, which, of course, he ate just to show us, he balanced his basic diet with foods that are taken from the Rajasic and the Sattvic Gunas. His diet included some cooked whole grains, legumes, vegetables, um, and then some raw fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. then nuts and seeds, and some dairy products. And he recommended for a person with a good health a diet that includes 60% fruits and vegetables, 20% protein, and 20% starches and sugar. So right. what you want to do is to eat some cooked foods and some raw foods. Right. I wanted to, to comment on the 60-20-20 uh, you know, mm-hmm. idea. Um, and, and I encourage people to think about their plates. Uh, because a lot of times, you know, what you'll see, especially with American cooks, is you'll you'll see the plate is kind of divided in thirds, mm-hmm. <laughs> and one third is meat, you know, so that'd be thirty yeah. percent, you know, one third is starch, which would be thirty percent, and you know, one third is vegetables, you know, which would be you know thirty percent. So if we think about, because one of the 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 most um, clear things that I the message that I take from all of the scientific studies that we have done, you know, on foods is that the most important thing in your diet is to have more vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and to think about, you know, this little 30%, you know, or this, this little, you know, one third of your plate, you know, that's vegetables. It's really not enough. And I love this idea of, so if you think about more like 60%, which is like two thirds, almost two thirds mm-hmm. of your plate. 
you know, that that's the amount, you know, that you should be eating of vegetables because vegetables have, you know, so many things besides the, you know, the, uh, obviously the, you know, the vitality. And then mm-hmm. this question about the raw versus cooked. And mm-hmm. one of the things I enjoyed about your cookbook is that you really go through the seasons, you know, so, yeah. you know, um, winter, spring, summer, fall, and really make the point that in winter, you probably should be having less you know, raw food um, mm-hmm. because it's a little harder to digest in those winter months. And then in summer... And it's more cooling, yes. Yes, it's more cooling. And then in summer, that that proportion mm-hmm. then increases. Yes. So did you want to comment, you know, more about, about that, you know, change in the, in the seasons and the raw versus cooked? Well, also, not only the raw versus cooked, I also use in the winter using more root vegetables. Mm-hmm. And uh, cooking methods like stews and baking, which are more warming methods, mm-hmm. whereas the summer you can have more salads because it's more cooling, stir, light stir fry, um, steaming. Those are all methods of uh, cooking that are more cooling. So really working with the seasons. People eat raw foods. If you eat a lot of raw foods in the winter, you will feel cold. And so you try to align yourself with nature. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that I wanted to um, um, uh, touch back on, you know, that you were uh, talking about earlier, um, is is this idea of quantity of foods. So, one of the things you talk about in the book is how it's important to eat only until your stomach is three quarters full. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. Right. So this idea of eating all the way until you're full, which I almost think about is is sort of an American thing that we do. And particularly, you know, we tend to grab meals on the run. So we eat more quickly. um, And, deprive ourselves of the other form of nourishment that you get, you know, from eating your meals, you know, with other people and having them be more of a community, you know, affair. Um, but if you eat more slowly, um, and I am someone who needs to work on this, but really aim to have the stomach not be all the way full, um, what often happens is that you do feel full. It just takes mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. longer, you know, for, mm-hmm. for that, for your body to realize that you've eaten enough. What I found, and I too had to work on slowing down and not just inhaling my food, (laughs) Um, what I found that chewing the food well, so whatever is in your mouth, chew it until it becomes a paste Mm. and then swallow it will help you to digest it better, but also not eat so much. So um, in the yoga tradition, we recognize that the quality of the energy of the food we eat is affected by the consciousness we bring to meal preparation and eating. And this is another mm-hmm. thing I really enjoyed in your book. You know, you really give um, for each season, you know, some some ways to bring consciousness, to be aware mm-hmm. of, of our own consciousness, you know, mm-hmm. when we're preparing the food, because it does imbue the food, you know, with more uh, with more prana if we do it 
if if we are cooking consciously. Um, so, what are some ways we can spiritualize our cooking so that we enhance the quality of energy in the foods that we prepare? Well, first of all, view your kitchen as a sacred place, as a temple. Clean and organize it so you will feel good being there. Uh, create maybe a kitchen altar. Maybe put photos of your loved ones on, on the fridge. Maybe add some flowers or candle. And before you cook, and I really established it when I start cooking in the uh, in the retreat kitchen. Uh, we all, all those who are helping me when I used to cook, we stand, we get centered, we pray, we do have an altar there with uh, Yogananda, the line of gurus. Uh, then after we pray, you know, try to breathe, get relaxed, fill your heart with love. And we actually uh, chant Om. We infuse the kitchen with higher vibrations. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we try, I try, when I cook in the kitchen, I, I try not to talk too much, but just to mentally chant or we play chant in the kitchen or use a positive affirmation just to, to use um, the affirmation that the chanting to keep the mind uplifted. So using the cooking as a self-offering, as a service to other people can very, uh, it helps a lot. Yes, and I, I liked, uh, you even uh, put some um, affirmations, you know, into the book, yes. which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. So yes. I just have it open to spring meals and suggested affirmations to use while cooking. New life, new consciousness now flood my being. I joyfully manifest the power of God. Within me lies the energy to accomplish all that I will to do. But just this idea that we can, you know, that we can actually bring our focused attention Mm -hmm. in an uplifted way to our our food preparation. And I was going to um, mention that I recently, about a month ago, I was at a retreat center um, and it was run by a community and and one of their practices is silence. And so everyone Mm -hmm. in the kitchen was a volunteer. Um, They were doing it as a service, you know, as, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as uh, karma yoga and they um, were silent when they were preparing the food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell you, the food, the, the nourishment mm-hmm. that I got from that food was really mm-hmm. remarkable. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was palpable. Mm-hmm. The difference um, that you can get from someone who has prepared um, prepared the food lovingly and uh, mm-hmm. and and for the highest purpose, sort of in the highest mm-hmm. way. I wanted to add, since you mentioned the affirmations in the book, that I really try to tune into the consciousness of every season and created the affirmations tuning to that consciousness. So um, spring is time for you, uh, renewal. So the type of affirmation that I, sh- I chose were affirmation to bring the renewal. The summer, because it's so hot, using cooling affirmation, affirmations. Fall, when it starts to be cold and uh, windy, centering affirmations. And winter, we're trying to withdraw more inward. So I try to uh, offer affirmations that also help us to tune into the season. Mm-hmm. 
That's, I think that's lovely. What a lovely practice. So not only does the quality of food matter and the consciousness with which it's prepared, but also how we choose to eat the food uh, plays a huge role in our ability to draw to draw life force or prana from the food. So what are some recommended practices for engaging in conscious eating so that we can experience food as a channel of life force, an avenue through which God is building and maintaining the physical body? And I should say that's a that's a quote from the book, so let me say it again. Experience food as a channel of life force, mm-hmm. an avenue through which God is building and maintaining the physical body. Well, Yogananda said that food should always be blessed before beginning to eat. To thank Divine Mother for providing it, asking her to permeate it with her presence, that it serves to build our temple, God's temple. So before you eat, take a few moments, get centered, bless your food. Bless the food not as a mere ritual, but with a conscious appreciation and gratitude. And in the book, I offer a few prayers before eating, and one of them is by Yogananda. Mm. Uh, It's also best to eat in silence, in a peaceful, pleasant environment, so you can concentrate on the food without distraction. It's best not to eat when you're angry. If you're angry, maybe calm yourself first or go for a walk. Because if you eat food when you're angry, you're not going to digest it well. Mm-hmm. When you eat, chew the food well. Because as I mentioned before, digestion begins in the mouth. Treat your food with love and respect. Yogananda said that food is not just a bunch of nutrients. It is a part of God. If you choose to listen to music, make sure it's soft and calming. Because when you eat, you're very open so make an effort to taking only good vibrations of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, that really touches on this idea that when we eat, we're taking in more than just the food. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really, we're taking in you know the the um, atmosphere you know in which it's you know ingested, and that by bringing our full awareness to the process of eating, um, mm-hmm. it's more nourishing you know to do it that way. I know um, you know I have a, a bad habit of sometimes reading um, mm-hmm. you know when I'm eating, and you know what happens is you know I'm so focused <laughs> on whatever I'm reading mm-hmm. that all of a sudden my plate's empty and I don't even remember. Yeah. You know that I, mm-hmm. you know that I ate. Um, yes. So that's a you know wonderful kind of mindfulness practice that we can bring to just just eat. That's all you need yes. to do is just you know is mm-hmm. just focus on the food, and then having it be a uh, at which you already mentioned having it be a time of community. Um, so if you can you know eat with other people, if um, you know if you can eat with your loved ones, you know if if there's a opportunity to sit down together, which was so something that I was, I always tried to do, you know, when my kids were younger, um, you know, to really make it a, a time of, of, um, of uh, communion, you know, with each other and taking in that good energy uh, as well as the energy that it's in the food. Yes, I'd like to add that it's nice if you eat with other people to sit for a moment, you know, to say grace, hold hands. Maybe do a, a spiritual reading, very short, 
So it creates a nice atmosphere. It's probably better when you eat not to talk about politics. <laughs> to talk about that anything really that aggravates, <laughs> aggravates your nervous system, <laughs> but just talk about positive things. Yeah. Anything that uplifts you. As I mentioned, when you eat, we are very open. And so we want to take in only good vibrations. Yes. No, I, I think that uh, just bringing awareness, you know, to yes. what we eat and mm-hmm. how we eat. I think is yes. a is a wonderful um, spiritual spiritual practice. So, Diksha, for many of us, when we hear so much information about what we're supposed to eat, how we're supposed to prepare it, how we're supposed to eat it, it can really seem overwhelming. It's easy to feel hopeless when we see how far our diet and lifestyle are from the recommendations. So what's your advice for how we can make healthy changes in ways that feel supportive, encouraging, and hopefully enjoyable? Well, one thing that I used to do when I taught cooking classes, and I found it very helpful, you might want to start, this is not to create guilt, make food inventory for one week. Write down everything that you take in through your mouth, what you eat, what you drink, what you snack. Just write it down. And then that will give you a reality check. After one week, look at your list. You will know what you need to do. And then make a list of small changes that will help you feel better and start making them one at a time. For example, you can just start by cleaning your kitchen. You can see maybe you don't drink enough water during the day. Uh, Maybe you want to introduce fruits. Maybe you forget to eat fruits in between meals. Maybe you want to try a new vegetable. Maybe if you eat sugar and you can't let go, maybe just a little bit less. Substitute white sugar with a few healthy like dates or figs and so forth. Maybe once a week, make time to cook a new healthy meal. Mm -hmm. Cook with a friend. That can be a wonderful motivator. So every small change that you make will strengthen you to take your next step. So modify your diet gradually. With practice, you will develop an inner voice that will guide you in the selection of the diet that will suit you. Yeah, it, it's um, I I uh, I think that's really good advice in terms of not being overwhelmed. You know, mm-hmm. to try and take it. You know, make a list of changes that you yes. want to make, and even if you don't change, you know, you don't start with changes in mm-hmm. what you cook. Um, you can also start with changes in how you eat, as we've talked yes. about, you know, so to mm-hmm. really, you know, focus on that, you know, aspect, which perhaps is easier uh, to start mm-hmm. with, you know, is to try and yeah. to try to bring mindfulness to the eating process yes. so that, um, I mean, regardless of what you eat, you know, you can, you can be mindful, you know, about, uh, about how you're eating. Are you eating in the car, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is something that I used to do a lot. And I yes. don't do it all anymore. Um, but you and- know what? Even when you find yourself eating wrong food, at least bless it. Mm-hmm. It's not helpful to eat it and feel guilty at the same time. 
Right. So exactly. at least infuse it with higher consciousness. Right. Regardless of what it is. Yes. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yes. Um, another thing to do is to, um, is to, um, change what you buy, <laughs> change what you have on hand. And particularly, you know, a lot of processed foods. Um, I think that, you know, the, People who make processed foods have gotten really good at making it taste so good that if you start mm-hmm. eating it, it's really easy to eat too much of whatever it is. Yes. Um, so really to try not to buy those even, not to have them yes. you know, on hand, I think is good. I, and then yes. if someone, um, you you know, obviously this is a vegetarian cookbook. We've talked about vegetarian yes. cooking, but m- many people who are listening to the program aren't vegetarians. So if mm-hmm. someone is interested in in perhaps taking a few steps, you know, towards that. What would your Mm -hmm. advice be? Well, I will give you the advice that Yogananda gave, and that is, first of all, cut beef and pork because those are the ones that have saturated fats and and toxins. Uh, You can eat a little fish and chicken, that's fine, but the beef and the pork are the main ones that can cause... Uh, disease, and especially nowadays with all the feeding of animals and with hormones and so forth. So cut beef and pork, keep the fish and the chicken, and just start to add more green vegetables. One of the things that you can do is actually to make sure that you have different colors, rainbow colors in your meal. Mm-hmm. When you have rainbow colors, then you know it's more balanced. Right. So, Diksha, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Um, I wanted to give you a minute. If you had some word of encouragement or inspiration <laughs> to offer for our listeners, so what, what would you advise? Use foods as your friend. Mm. That will help you keep your body temple healthy, expand your consciousness. Oh, also, that's lovely. Balance your diet and forget it. If you have a craving for food that is not good for you, don't be finicky about it. Eat it, but don't make it a habit. Don't fuss about food all the time. Your body should be your servant, so don't become a slave. But also, if you find it's hard for you and you do find uh, physical challenges, maybe you want to go and see an Ayurvedic practitioner. That will help you get started. Sometimes we need help mm-hmm. from another person. Mm. But as, I, as we said, make small changes. And remember that taking care of your body temple is one of your greatest investment. Oh, that's really lovely. What a, what a lovely way to, uh, to bring our program to a close. You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. We've been discussing enjoy food, enjoy health, enjoy life with special guest Diksha McCord, author of the book The Healing Kitchen, Vegetarian Cooking with Higher Awareness, as well as two other cookbooks. And she's also the creator and host of the online program Vegetarian Cooking for Health and Vitality. You can find out more about her at the website expandinglight.org. Once again, thank you, Diksha McCord, for joining us. Thank you. 
tune in next week for the transformative power of self-compassion. How does the practice of self-compassion transform our lives and positively affect our world? Can we learn to give ourselves the same caring support we would give to a friend? Dr. Kristen Neff, author of Self-Compassion, The Proven Power of Being Kind to Yourself, joins Yogacharya O'Brien to explore how the practice of self-compassion leads to healthier, happier, and more fulfilling life and more peaceful interactions in the world. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center yoga tradition. For more information about the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, visit csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes. And thanks to the Yoga Hour team, our regular host, founder, director, Yogacharya O'Brien, producer Vicki Martin, and assistant producers Nita Kenyon and Anne Sarasvati-Hayes, and also Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Philosopher Plato said, The unexamined life is not worth living. In a world where it is paramount that we earn a living and provide for those who depend upon us, there seems to be little or no time for self-evaluation. Survival receives all our attention. Yet, when you pause and take a look at the little things in your daily experience, a richer you will be discovered.
In knowing yourself, you develop a better understanding of others. In unity, we support the spiritual idea of knowing thyself. It's how we can all bring a healing, compassionate attitude to an ever-changing world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 